On October 20th, 1974, a boxing match took place in Kinshasa, Zaire, between George Foreman, the undefeated world heavyweight champion, and challenger Muhammad Ali. 60,000 people attended the historical event dubbed the Rumble in the Jungle. Centuries earlier, the Grumble in the Jungle took place before the God of Israel, starting in a place called Terabah, which means burning. Not only did the Lord's anger burn because Israel complained, but God literally lit their camp on fire. Do you blame him? There is nothing worse than the nagging complaint of ungrateful people. Has an unholy complaint arisen in your spirit against God or one of his shepherds? Before God lights your camp on fire, stop the grumbling. I'm Ron Jones, and this is something good. It's a trip that should have taken the Israelites two weeks. But because of their unbelief, it took four decades. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian, thanks for being here. Well, God had already delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get the Egypt out of the Israelites. Ron takes us to the story next as he continues his teaching series, Route 66, the ultimate road trip through the Bible. Online, you'll find us at somethinggoodradio.org, where you can listen to the broadcast on your schedule. Download or subscribe to the podcast at Spotify, at Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Numbers, Wilderness Wanderings. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? They asked rather presumptuously. And the Lord heard them and he unleashed his anger. He took Aaron and Miriam out to the woodshed. And Aaron got the news real quickly when he saw his sister Miriam's skin turn leprous. Whew, the Lord was not happy. The Lord basically said to Aaron and Miriam, don't mess with Moses. You mess with Moses and you mess with me. He's my chosen leader. And amazingly, <laughs> Moses graciously prays for his sister. And uh, the Lord says, okay, I'll heal her. And her leprosy was healed, but not after she spent seven days on the outskirts of the camp. And all the children of Israel were to wait. They didn't move forward at all until Miriam you know, served her, her time outside of the camp and came back. Tragically, there is a more to the grumble in the jungle. What happened next sealed the fate for an entire generation, that generation that came out of Egypt. By now, the children of Israel were positioned at the edge of the promised land in a place called Kadesh Barnea. Numbers chapter 13, if you have your Bible open, Look at it, it begins in verse one. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. Emphasis on which I am giving to the people of Israel. That was never in question. It was never in doubt. But he says, take one spy, each from the 12 tribes of Israel and send them out on this 
reconnaissance mission. And for 40 days, they traveled deep into the region and brought back evidence of a land flowing with milk and honey, just like the Lord said it would be. They brought back a stash of grapes the size they had never seen. And when they returned, they told Moses, Numbers chapter 13, beginning in verse 27, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Well, everything was going in the right direction until they dropped the word, however, into the intelligence report. And then that's where they poured all their negativity into it. They spoke with fear in their hearts, and they, they emphasized the strong people and the fortified cities. We can't go up against them. There's no way we'll be successful. Now, Caleb, and later Joshua, who had a different spirit, uh, they, they tried to turn the report, Caleb did, in a positive direction, beginning in verse 30 of chapter 13. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim, and we seemed ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seem to them. How could they see themselves like small grasshoppers when they served such a big God? How soon they had forgotten the big things God had done for them. Like parting the Red Sea and feeding them daily bread from heaven. There's only one word that describes their point of view. And it's a word we get from the commentary in the New Testament. It's the word unbelief. Faith in God, mark it down, friends, always reaches forward to what lies ahead, no matter the obstacles. If God says go, if God says I gave it to you, and it's based upon my promises, you don't hesitate. You don't second guess. You don't say, oh, I'm not able. Of course you're not able. But God is able. He said, I've already given it to you. Mark it down in your memory book and write it on the tablets of your heart. Israel uh, was neither a mobocracy, you know, mob rule, but nor was she a democracy where majority rules. They were a theocracy where God and God alone was their king and their ruler, and Moses was his representative. We could go on if we had time, and we don't, but we could go on to talk about Korah's rebellion in chapter 16 and, and what happened at the waters of Meribah in chapter 20. Read that on your own sometime. The grumble in the jungle. It determined the fate for this generation of Israelites. And from Kadesh Barnea forward, when the spies came back and the majority report set the tone, it was from that time forward, just two years in to their time in Egypt, that for the next 38 years, that generation 
wandered aimlessly in the wilderness and never entered the promised land. That was for the next generation. Their unbelief uh, did not thwart God's purposes or hinder his promises. No, God was marching on, and he always will. You're never going to stop God from doing what he's going to do, but he's always going to invite us to come along and join him, and it takes faith to do that. Now, sometimes on a, um, a vacation, and we're on Route 66, right? We're on this journey through the scriptures, stopping off one book at a time. Or think of a cruise you might have been on where you, you port in a certain place, and they say, well, here are the excursions you can take today. Usually those excursions cost you a little bit more, but I want to take you on a New Testament excursion. It's not going to cost you anything more. All right, it's all free of charge. But the New Testament... Well, what you find are, is, 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 a, is a plethora of commentary and reflection in the New Testament upon the wilderness wanderings of Old Testament Israel and the lessons to learn from that as New Testament believers. So let's go in our Bibles on the first excursion into the New Testament book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 3. And beginning in verse 7, the writer of Hebrews um, uh, talks about the wilderness wanderings. We have time to pick it up in verse 15 where he says, and he repeats, as it is said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Lesson number one is don't harden your heart. All that murmuring, all that grumbling, all that complaining, all the rah, 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 it was calcifying the hearts of the people. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who heard and rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned and whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that, we, that they were unable to enter because of un belief. They were unable to enter. Remember our big idea is that God's best and most abundant life for us comes by faith. That's true of eternal life, right? How do you receive eternal life? By grace and through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you experience the abundant life? <laughs> the same way, by grace and through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Unbelief won't get you into heaven, and unbelief will make sure that you don't experience the abundant Christian life and the victorious Christian life that God so desires to give to us. Still ahead, the second half of today's Something Good Radio message with Dr. Ron Jones. Something new is happening at Something Good. At somethinggoodradio.org, we just released a brand new streaming platform for Something Good Radio and Something Good Television, or what we're calling SGTV. There you'll also find Something Good Travel, Something Good Courses, and the new Something Good Digital Library. 
where you can search for biblical answers to your questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. Watch, listen, and download for free and when it's convenient for you. That and a lot more is available now at somethinggoodradio.org. And remember, when you send a special gift today, we'll say thank you by sending you a new downloadable resource written by Dr. Ron Jones that goes along with this current series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. It's a 45-page ebook based on the books of the law, Genesis through Deuteronomy. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. Now here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, Numbers, Wilderness Wanderings. So don't, don't harden your heart. You know, the heart is a tricky thing, isn't it? The writer of Proverbs says to guard your heart. Why? Because every step of disobedience, big or small, every time you say to God, no, I don't think I'm going to do that, even though he's putting an opportunity to walk in faith with him in front of you, every time we walk in disobedience, you know what it does? It calcifies the heart. It hardens the heart. And it, it stops any progress God is trying to make in your life. Some of you may be wondering, God, are we there yet? Why, do, why are we here? Things just don't seem to be working out for me. Did he bring to your remembrance that little act of obedience that you sort of sloughed off six months ago or six years ago, maybe 16 years ago? You won't move forward and gain any progress in the Christian life until you go back to that place and repent and take the steps of obedience. Guarantee you that. So the warning from the New Testament reflection is do not harden your heart. The way to keep your heart soft and supple before the Lord is to always walk in obedience, do what he tells you to do, and to walk by faith. Here's a second lesson to learn, and that's to avoid presumption. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 for more New Testament reflection on the wilderness wanderings of the people of Israel. Uh, Paul does an incredible job uh, summarizing the book of Numbers and then putting all of this before us as examples. He says in verse 1, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink for that, uh, for they drank from that spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now Paul goes on to say, these things took place as examples for us. Oh, he rescues this story from, you know, three to 4,000 years of history and puts it on the front page of your newspaper and mine. He says examples that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. 
We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them, Paul says, as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. You know, some things, well, all things we learn by example, sometimes positive examples and sometimes negative examples. And here is, uh, are all these negative examples from the book of Numbers and the generation that came out of Egypt. It brings pause to our spirit a bit. Paul concludes this part where he says in verse 12, and he's summarizing, therefore, he says, in light of this summary, in light of what we learn about them in the Old Testament book of, of uh, Numbers, let everyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Or to say it another way, the fool is the one who says it'll never happen to me. The fool is the one who says my heart will never grow hard and cold toward God even though I, I, I just kind of ignore this step of obedience over here I should take. Avoid presumption. How presumptuous their grumbling was, their complaining was, their unbelief and their lack of faith was. Oh, were they saved? Will they be in heaven? Sure, they all came out of Egypt, even Moses and Aaron. But even Moses and Aaron didn't make it to the promised land. Because Moses, for instance, the Lord told him to speak to a rock and the water would come out. And he was so angry, he took a staff and he struck the rock. He was a leader. The consequences were greater. Because of Moses' unbelief in that moment, the Lord said, listen, pal, the best I can do for you is to give you a view of the promised land from the top of the mountain, but you won't enter. You'll die on this side of the Jordan River. And so did Aaron. You know, it's one thing to fulfill the purpose for which God created you. It's another thing to reach your potential. Did the Israelites as a nation fulfill God's grand purpose and his promises, you know, move forward? Absolutely. Did this generation reach their potential? No. They fell way short of it and never experienced those blessings flowing with milk and honey. Why? Because of their presumption and because of their unbelief. Last lesson is this. Listen to this carefully. Look in faith to the lifted up Jesus. Now this comes from Numbers chapter 21, and then we'll go to the New Testament reflection. But in Numbers chapter 21, let me just uh, uh, summarize this. The people had reached Mount Hor, and they began complaining again. Same old song, different verse. We're tired of the manna in the wilderness. We're hungry. We want to go back to Egypt. This time the Lord's anger blazes against them, and he sent fiery serpents, snakes, into their camp. And it bit many of them, and the Bible says many of them died in the wilderness. And Moses prayed for them. Moses, the intercessor, a picture of Jesus in his intercessory ministry. And the Lord says, okay, I'll heal the people, but here's how we're going to do it. Moses, I want you to take some bronze and to make a fiery serpent, put it on a pole and lift it up high in the camp and tell the people to look at the bronze serpent on the pole lifted high in the camp and they'll be healed. And that's what he did, and that's what they did, and the people were healed. 
And then we go to a New Testament reflection found in the Gospel of John chapter three that comes from the lips of Jesus. He's in a conversation with a religious leader named Nicodemus who's confused about when Jesus says you must be born again. Jesus clarifies that to him. And then he says in verse 14, get this, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Numbers chapter 21 and the serpent lifted up is our Christ connection in the book of Numbers. There are many of them, but that's the most significant one. And the one that Jesus pulls out of the book of Numbers when he's in a conversation with a religious leader named Nicodemus. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent, so the Son of Man will be lifted up on a cross. And whoever looks to me in faith, will receive eternal life. That's John 3, verses 14 and 15. You know what comes next? <laughs> John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. When you read it in the context, that great gospel verse and you see that Jesus was on the heels of a conversation that went back to the wilderness wanderings, you go, wow. These really are stories for us. So don't harden your heart. Avoid presumptuous unbelief. And look in faith to the lifted up Jesus. Those are the lessons from Numbers, friends. And I pray that we would all heed them today, put them into practice today. Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good radio message, Numbers, Wilderness Wanderings. Ron, this account here in Numbers is a cautionary tale for all of us. Before we wrap things up here on Something Good, let's talk about the practical lessons we can learn from the Israelites. Well, Brian, I'll begin with this. From time to time, all of us have been wilderness people. We've wandered, we've grumbled, we've complained. When we go through some of life's challenges, we sometimes say things like, why does this always happen to me? When we ought to be saying something like this, what is God trying to show me through this adversity? The Israelites went through cycles of disobedience and unbelief, but we need to remember that we are all guilty of sin and unbelief. That's the first practical lesson we can learn that we sometimes delay our destiny just as the Israelites did. A couple of other practical lessons. Well, first of all, God is always faithful. Even as the Israelites grumbled and complained uh, about water, about food, um, at times they even wanted to go back to Egypt. Well, in all of that, God remained faithful to his promise. He never abandoned them. He supplied all of their needs. He continued to lead them through the wilderness. He'll do the same for us, and he'll do it in spite of us because God is a promise keeper. Second, God's timing is always perfect. Uh, the truth is, Brian, the Israelites could have entered the promised land much sooner had their faith been strong, had they trusted God the way they should have. Uh, they would have not only entered the promised land much earlier, but also possessed it. Uh, God knew they were not ready for it yet. Uh, their faith in him was lacking. So God waited until they were prepared for possession, not merely entrance. He does that to us from time to time as well. 
Now, we may often think we're waiting on God, but the truth is, God is waiting on us. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some great final thoughts on today's message, Numbers, Wilderness, Wonderings. And Ron, tomorrow you move ahead in your series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Tell us a little bit about that message as we wrap up today's Something Good radio broadcast. Brian, many of our listeners can probably guess where I'm headed next, uh, the book of Deuteronomy. It's the final book of the Pentateuch, the book of the law, and uh, it's the last message of this first road trip, the first of eight road trips we'll be taking through the Bible over the next several months. Uh, The book of Deuteronomy serves as what we might call a farewell address from Moses, three separate farewell addresses to be exact. Moses has been told by God that he will not enter the promised land. And here in the book of Deuteronomy, the Israelites are poised to enter Canaan and launch their new nation. So as they prepare for this grand entrance into the abundant life God has promised them, Moses has some words of wisdom to share prior to their entrance. And that's where we're headed next time as I continue my teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Join us then for Something Good when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Deuteronomy, Remembering God's Law. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.